you know, despite how different we all are from one another, we all have things that, that separate us, there are still a lot of things in life that we completely have in common, no matter how different we might be in other ways. And one of those things is stress. Stress. That's something we can all identify with, uh, some to varying degrees, some more than others, but stress is something that is no respecter of persons, you know? It comes at the small and the great, the poor, the rich, the young, the old, it doesn't matter. Stress comes for all of us and can affect all of us, and often does. Here's how the dictionary defines stress. Stress is a state of mental or emotional strain or tension resulting from very demanding circumstances. I think we can all identify with that. And then there's the even meaner brother to stress, anxiety. Sometimes it's a, uh, a complete twin for, for some of us at different times. But anxiety is defined this way, a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, sometimes extremely so, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. Again, I think that uh, many of us, if not most of us, can identify with that. And there are certainly different sources of stress. There's work stress, both in terms of a job and educationally, academically, with school and work that comes at you that way, Uh, whether that's elementary, middle school, high school, college, doesn't matter, and then the the workforce, the job place, definitely sources of stress. There's health stress of a thousand different types, and certainly for the last two years, that's the kind of stress that's been on a lot of our minds and seems to be unavoidable with the pandemic. And now, of course, (laughs) Omicron or Omicron or however you say it, uh, there's the new variant, you know, that's been discovered. And so once again, the whole world is in a state of panic about this new variant. And and it's just uh, uh, completely saturating all the news feeds and everything. And and it's um, definitely inviting you to stress and to experience anxiety over it. There's relationship stress uh, in all sorts of different ways. There's environmental stress. There's emotional stress. There's event-oriented stress, you know, like the holidays that we're just entering. You know, the holidays are supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. But in many cases, instead of that, it's the most stressfully time of the year. And, and it, it's that way every year. It doesn't seem to matter. High stress all around. You know, and, and we bring that on ourselves in a lot of ways and a lot of the time. But that doesn't mean that stress and anxiety aren't real, because they are. Stress is a real thing. Anxiety is a real issue. It's a real situation. But here's the really good news that I want to make sure we all understand. Stress and anxiety are real, but they don't have to rule us. They don't have to rule us. And you might hear that and think, yeah, I agree with that, amen, that's right, they don't have to rule us. But the question we all need to ask ourselves is, how? How do we keep things like stress and anxiety from ruling us. How does that happen? Well, it's not by self-help, I can assure you of that. 
No amount of self-help and trying in your own strength and trying in your own effort to uh, not be ruled by stress or anxiety, that's not going to work. That's not going to happen, at least not consistently. Maybe you can be good for a while, uh, but at some point, if you're just trying on your own and, and you're relying on yourself, you're going to be swept away by the wave of stress and anxiety at some point. So not being ruled by stress and anxiety, not being just totally inundated and overwhelmed by it, uh, it's not about self-help. Rather, it comes by self-denial. It comes by self-denial. And the way we reject being ruled by stress and anxiety is actually by remembering, by remembering a greater reality. And here's the reality we need to remember. This is how we fight against being ruled by stress and anxiety as we so often are. It's by remembering this, that our God is bigger than our biggest source of stress. You think of the biggest source of stress that comes your way. The biggest source of stress that you deal with day in, day out, frequently, regularly. It doesn't matter. Compared to God, it's nothing. He will always be bigger than even our biggest source of stress. And you don't have to take my word for it. I hope you don't. Rather, let's look at the Word, His Word, and and see and just remember how very big our God is and how He is bigger than anything we face or deal with in us, around us, thrown at us, it doesn't matter. He's bigger. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 25 through 31. I hope you will join me by looking at this awesome passage. The whole book of Isaiah is great. The whole chapter, Isaiah 40, is great. This passage in particular, as we zero in on these verses, I I trust will be a great source of blessing and encouragement to you as you remember, as we remember, our God is bigger. Isaiah 40.25 says this, God speaking to the people of Judah, who were very stressed, by the way, uh, in the context that this was written in the prophecy that Isaiah gave, very, very stressful, anxious situations. And God says this to his people, To whom then will you compare me, that I should be like him, says the Holy One. And what they were doing is what we often do. And that's that we turn to and look to other people or other things to help us when we're undergoing a certain situation, um, particularly with stress and with anxiety. Many times we look to other people and we look to other devices and other methods and other instruments to combat the thing we're dealing with, to combat what's afflicting us, rather than going straight to God at the very beginning. And he says, to whom then will you compare me? In other words, why are you looking around to all these other mortals and fellow humans to do for you what only I can? To whom then will you compare me? That I should be like him, says the Holy One. Verse 26, lift up your eyes on high. Look to the sky, in other words. Look up above you. Lift up your eyes on high and see. Who created these? He's talking about the stars, the planets, the galaxies, everything that is so much bigger than us. 
You know, when you, when you have a, a beautifully clear night sky, um, isn't it amazing to look at all the stars covering the sky? And, and it's a good thing that happens. You feel really small. And that's a good thing because it, it has a way of putting things into perspective. And that's what God is doing here. He's, he's telling his people and us as well to lift up your eyes. Just look at creation. Look at the night sky. See who created these. He who brings out their host by number, talking about the stars. He who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name. And by the greatness of his might, and because he is strong in power, not one is missing. Verse 27. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? See, if we let it, our stress and anxiety can make us like practical atheists. If we, will, if we let stress and anxiety just totally roll over us and rule us, then though we say we believe in the greatness and the power of God, and though we say we know Him, what happens so easily is that we begin to function and live like practical atheists. Where we say one thing, but our life action says another. We say we believe God is great and and capable of coming to my aid and helping me through whatever I go through. We say we believe that, but then our, our actions say another thing. Our actions say that we don't really believe He's there, that He's big enough, that He's capable. When we allow ourselves to get so down into despair, it's very easy that we doubt that God is is there at all, that He cares, that He knows, that He can do anything about what we're going through. And it's a very dangerous place to be. That's what the people of Judah found themselves doing. That's what they were saying. Well, God doesn't care. God doesn't see. God doesn't notice what I'm going through. God isn't present. And that is a lie that the enemy wants all of us to believe. And often what he uses to do that, to get us to believe that lie, is to discourage us and to throw discouragement at us. And and something like stress While it might start off small, if we leave it undealt with and unchecked, it can escalate. And it can become something very big indeed. Something that is a real struggle, something that then leads to anxiety, and then something that leads to depression, something that gets us so far off focus from God that we begin to doubt whether He really cares at all. But He does. He does. And if the God that keeps all of the galaxies together and brings out the starry host in their billions by number and names them each one, knows them all by name, doesn't forget their name, what he's called them, and brings them out by order every single night. If God can do that with the universe, don't you think he's big enough to take the burden and load of your stress that you're carrying? I hope you do, because that's the, that's the truth. Friends, we aren't meant to just go through life carrying all this weight and all these burdens that, that we were never 
meant to carry and that we're never able to carry on our own. We have a God who is able, who's capable, and who is caring about what you are carrying. That's what we have. We have a God who is caring about what you are carrying, and He wants you to give it to Him. He wants you to give it to Him. Verse 28. God gives us a rhetorical reminder in these statements. It's a rhetorical reminder, something that we all need to uh, to remember, of course, we know this. Of course, we have um, said we believe this and we acknowledge this, but it's something that we need to actually remember and recall. Verse 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard? And that's, that's the rhetorical part. Because, of course, yes. Yes, we have known this. We've heard this. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord, Yahweh, is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. And we could also insert, he is not stressed. He is not anxious. His understanding is unsearchable. Verse 29, he gives power to the faint, to the stressed out to the anxious, to the discouraged, to the depressed. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, which is all of us, by the way, in in ourselves, we don't really have sustaining strength and might. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength, even in stress. That's why I've titled this message, strength in stress because it is possible in your stress no matter how great that is to experience strength in that instead of weakness but it doesn't come from within it comes from above yourself beyond yourself in our great and powerful god he increases strength verse 29 says verse 30 even youths shall faint and be weary And young men shall fall exhausted. And again, we could even insert, even youths shall experience stress and be weary by it. Even young men shall be anxious, we could say. It still fits. Verse 31, here's the really good news. But they who wait or depend on or Hope in, that's what's meant by wait there. That's what's wrapped up in that word wait. But they who wait, depend on, hope in for the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Here's what all that means for us. Practically. As beautiful and powerful and hope-filled as those words are, here's what it all comes down to. Turning to our Savior is the best solution for our stress. Turning to our Savior 
is the best solution for our stress. Because all those things that we just read in Isaiah 40, all those things are true. All those things are real. And they're seen not just in God the Father, but in God the Son. They're seen in a, in a very powerful way, an unmatched way, in the manifestation of the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what that means for us is turning to our Savior, believer. That's the best solution for our stress in every situation. And that's what He invites us to. That's what He calls us to. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Our Lord, our Savior, Jesus said this. Matthew eleven twenty eight. He says, Come to Me. Come to Me. All of you who are weary and burdened. And I think we can all say, That's Me. Amen. I mean, at some point, that's all of us. I mean, I, I know, I know none of you came in this morning stressed about getting here on time. None of you came in here weary from Thanksgiving. None of you came in here burdened by anything that you've been carrying for months and months and months, right? I mean, that's not any of you. Right. No, this is all of us, isn't it, church? Right? At some point, we can all say, yep, I'm weary. Yep, I'm burdened. Yep, I'm stressed like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, I'm feeling a lot of anxiety about this or, or that or the other. This is all of us at some point. And Jesus says to all of us, come to me. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. There's no qualifier there. He didn't say, come to me only if you're weary about this thing by itself, this specific detail. Come to me only if you're burdened by this thing. It has to be big enough to come to me. Everything else, you're on your own. No, there's no qualifier. So come to me, all of you who are weary, at all. Come to me, all of you who are burdened, at all, with anything. And here's the promise. And this is something that only he is qualified to make perfectly and consistently all the time. And I will give you rest. And this is not just like the rest we we feel from a nap or a good night's sleep. This is sustaining, unending, undefeatable rest. This is soul rest. And it's the kind that only our God can provide. Now, Please understand, I am not saying, I'm not saying there are not other good sources in and around our, uh, in life and around us in life to turn to for stress relief. There are. Uh, God has provided some good things to us and good means and methods of, of dealing with stress. Things like exercise and good hobbies, friends that you can turn to and trust, family that's there for you, biblically focused counselors and therapists, even even medical doctors and medicine, if it's truly needed. Those can all be really good beneficial options. All right, I'm not saying that there's not anything else out there that you can and should take advantage of. And by the way, there is no shame 
whatsoever in needing to go to a counselor or a therapist and to get more concentrated, intentional help and care. No shame in that whatsoever. Rather, it's the opposite. There is great strength in acknowledging that you need some help. You need people to come alongside you that are qualified. Great strength in that. God has provided that. So I'm not saying when you're really dealing with this overwhelming, powerful weight of of stress or anxiety or really harmful depression, I'm not saying that you should just keep it to yourself and not reach out, right? I'm not saying there's no other option out there. What I am saying, my point is this, okay? My point in saying that uh, turning to our Savior is the best option or the best solution for our stress, my point is that for the Christian... The best and constant source of strength and relief for our stress is going to be the Lord Jesus. He's going to be the best option. That doesn't mean there's not good options in addition to him. I'm just saying he's the best one. He's the constant one. He's the perfect source of stress, of stress relief and, and help for anxiety and all those weights and burdens that we sometimes carry. He's going to be the one that never lets you down. He's going to be the one that never disappoints. He will always be what is needed all the time. That's my point. And so, with that in mind, and because that's true, what that means for us, believer, is that we need to train ourselves. So there's some intentionality here. We need to train ourselves to make sure that He, Jesus our Savior, that He is the first one we turn to. doesn't mean we can't turn to those other sources, but it means that as a believer, we need to turn to Him first and foremost. So we need to train ourselves to make sure that He is the first one we turn to, the one we keep coming back to, and the one that we elevate above any other method of dealing with our stress and anxiety. That's my point. That's what I'm trying to convey to you, and I hope you understand my heart in that. So if we are to turn to God first, and if He's the one we're supposed to keep coming back to, and He's the one that we elevate above any other method of combating and dealing with our stress and anxiety, then another good question is, okay, how? If I'm supposed to do that, if that's to be the pattern of my life, how do I do that? Well, we do that, By something so simple, a little child can do it, but so powerful that nothing else we have available to us in life is more effective. And what I'm talking about, the strategy I'm talking about is prayer. Prayer. And here's why. Here's why prayer is is the, a major, major way we do these things that I'm challenging you to do and reminding us to do. It's because of this. Prayer is a powerful weapon against stress and anxiety. Prayer is not just something that we need to do to communicate with God. Of course it is. Yes, absolutely. Prayer is not just something we do to, to bring our request to God and to praise Him and, and to commune with Him. And it's not just an element of our relationship with Him. It is all those things, but believer, you need to believe that prayer is actually a powerful weapon because it is. 
Prayer is a very, very powerful weapon God has given to us against things like stress and anxiety. So we need to use it. Here's why I say that it's such a powerful weapon. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Here's what the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says. And this is a command, okay? Not just a suggestion. Verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. About anything, he says. I mean, that, that doesn't give us really any wiggle room. That means whatever, whatever we are prone to be anxious and fretful about, the command here is, don't be anxious about anything. Just your, your big long list, crumple it up. You know, you don't have an excuse. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything... All those things that you're not to be anxious about, every situation, in everything, by prayer and supplication, and that that big word, supplication, that means earnestly asking or pleading. So there's, there's there's a passionate plea there. So in everything, by prayer and by by supplication, by earnestly asking, by passionately pleading. With thanksgiving, and that's a part we often leave out, that's a part we, part we leave off from our prayer a lot of times, it's, it's God do this, God help me, God bring this, God I need, I need, I need, and we so often forget the thanksgiving part. Thank you God for being the big God you are. Thank you God for being the God that is bigger than the biggest source of my stress. Thank you God for never changing. Thank you God for always being there for me. Thank you for knowing what I'm dealing with and giving me every resource I need to come out the other side. So in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving... Let your requests be made known to God. See, that's the strategy we have to pursue and and employ rather than just being overcome by anxiety and worry. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And here's the guarantee. Here's the promise. Verse 7. And the peace of God. So if you do those things, if you, if you make that your priority and your exercise, that you reject being anxious about anything, but choose in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving to bring your request to God, here's the result of that. Here's what will happen. The peace of God. What a powerful thing that is. Not your peace, not my peace, not peace as the world gives. It's the peace that Jesus promised to provide. But before he went back to the Father, he said, My peace I give you. I don't give as the world gives, but my peace I give you and I leave with you. And so the promise is the peace of God with all of his power energizing it, which surpasses all understanding goes beyond human comprehension, that peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Where does your stress and anxiety reside? 
the mind, and the heart. And so God is promising to do what only He can do to get right to the heart of the issue. He's saying, I will provide, with, provide for you my peace, my unlimited peace, because God is never without peace. Do you agree with that? God is never absent of peace. He is peace. And so He is promising to provide what He has in unlimited measure, what He is Himself. He's promising to provide that for you and to set a guard over your heart and over your mind which is so susceptible to stress and anxiety. He's promising to guard that Himself. To keep your heart and mind in a fortress an impenetrable fortress in Christ Jesus, secured in your Savior. Wow. You're not going to find that promise anywhere else. You're not going to find that source anywhere else. That's why we have to keep coming back to Him. First, foremost, continually, above any other thing. And here's another really important strategy. Okay, Very practical. Another really important strategy. Think about your thinking. Think about your thinking. And this comes from a very wise person indeed, a a very wise man that we're all fortunate to know, none other than Cormie Hildebrand. Isn't that a great picture of Cormie? Cormie has said this for years when he was uh, working as a therapist. He had this up on his wall, I believe as a motto to point people to. This is something that he applies to his own life, day in and day out, not perfectly, but consistently. Think about your thinking. And, and I love when Cormie says that, because that's absolutely right. And this isn't just something that, that Cormie decided would be true, and so it is. This is rooted and anchored in God's Word. Philippians 4.8. This is why Cormie said this. Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is true. See, when we are stressed to the max, when we are overcome by anxiety, here's what happens in our brain. We start to tell ourselves things that aren't true. We start to believe things that aren't true. Our guard gets down, reason gets down, and we start to be overcome by the emotion of the situation, the pressure of the stress. And it starts trying to convince us of things that just aren't true. And the enemy loves that. He gets in and his hands are all over that. So what we have to determine to do, and this is a very intentional thing where we choose to do this, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, here's the phrase, think about these things. 
Think about these things, that great list that Paul provided. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, anything excellence of excellence. If there is anything worthy of praise, think about those things, not all the things that are opposite to that, not all the things that you're inundated with by the world around you, not the things that are those sources of stress. Don't think about those things. Reject that. And in place of those things, choose to think about that kind of thing. And that word think that Paul uses, that really means dwell on, be saturated by those things. So thinking about your thinking means what is occupying my mindset right now? What, what am I focused on? What is, what is making up the things in my thoughts that are going through my head and trickling down into my heart. You actually have to think about that. You have to analyze, okay, what is this I am I'm allowing myself to believe in this moment? What am I dwelling on? Is it, is it this great list from Philippians 4.8 or is it everything contrary to that? Think about your thinking. And if we would all choose to do that, to live that way. Can't you, can't you just picture and, and just see and feel and just taste how different your life would be? How different my life would be? How, how much more full of real joy we would be if we chose to abide through life that way? To go through life in that way? Make all the difference in the world. But the really good news is all of this is completely available to you. Not way down the road, far off possibly, but no, right here and now. This is available to you. This is the life and the reality that God has made available. We just have to apply it. We just have to apply it. And even in that, we're not alone because we have the very Spirit of God with all of His power helping us to apply it. That's, that's the takeaway. This is possible. It's available. It's applicable and needs to be applied. And even in that, you're not alone. You have the help of the Spirit of God to do it. So, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's, let's choose to be these kinds of people. As you encounter the stress of the week starting tomorrow, we return from our breaks. As you encounter the stress of the holidays, when it doesn't seem like the most wonderful time of the year, remember these things. Remember what you have. Remember what you've been given and apply it with the help of the Spirit. Let's pray together. Father, I thank You for Your Word. I thank You for what you've made available. I I thank you for what you've made true. I thank you for what you have given us and what you will continue to give us. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your power. Thank you for being the God that will always be bigger than the biggest source of stress that we have. Thank you for being the God who is never uncaring about what we are carrying. Thank you for being the God who never changes. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you for being the God who will help us to apply this truth that we just talked about today. That even in the application, you will help us to do that. And I pray that you would. I pray that your spirit would apply what we've talked about today in a very personal way to every person that's here. Thank you for who you are. 
and all that you do. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.